Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome back, folks, to another episode of the Believe in NFL Draft Prospects podcast. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Ryan Roberts to continue on with our positional rankings on the defensive side of the football. Today, we are doing linebackers going to be a nice discussion here but this linebacker group is probably the weakest defensive group you would say so ryan no i would say interior defensive line but oh i have mixed feelings with this linebacker class man like i do like some of the pieces but i just think there's a lot of overhyped players this year so i don't know yeah there is a a bit of overhype on some of these guys especially somebody like christian harris who we were just talking about from alabama and we're going to end up going into one specific guy that you have uh, a bit overhyped. And we're going to go over all of that as we typically do in our positional ranking episodes. Before we get to that, though, folks, I just want to tell you about Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info and odds. Find all of the latest sports developments, including this week's odds for the Masters and the start of Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. Super easy to get started, so join today. Learn why everyone is saying BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on popular sports and shows. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Ryan, first up, as always, biggest sleeper. You decided to go with Clarence Hicks from UTSA. And you decided to to point out to me when you were writing his name down, this was a deep, deep pull. Why is this such such a deep pull to go with him? Have you heard of him? Uh, barely. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's why it's a deep pull. I mean, he's a guy that's – so he's – all right. Well, let's start off here. He's an interesting player. He had a really good 2021 season. He kind of played more on ball, though, and he was kind of more of a, almost like a defensive end. But he's – 6'2", 220-something pounds, so he's going to have to transition to more of a stacked linebacker role. But the kid has 33-plus-inch arms, has a little bit of length to him, and he's an explosive athlete, man. He's pretty flexible. All the stuff that you really can, I think, can work off of on the second level. Now, he's a guy that is going to have to be taking along slowly because he hasn't done traditional stacked linebacker responsibilities. Like He hasn't worked, you know, worked angles from the middle of the field. He hasn't had gap integrity, you know, really I, well everyone has gap integrity but what i'm saying is he doesn't have the flow from the second level that a traditional linebacker will have so aiming points eye discipline there's gonna be a bunch of things that clarence hicks needs to learn early on in the in the in the nfl but what i like about him is that he's a pretty explosive athlete so with the length that he has and the explosiveness i think he can last on special teams if nothing else early on in his career and i think he has some playmaking potential and he has a good nose for football and he has length and he has athleticism all building blocks that you can build off of. So Clarence Hicks is probably not getting drafted 
probably more of a UDFA type of player, but I think that he's a kid that you could stick in the NFL and maybe eventually get some type of role on a defense because there are some unteachables to work with. His is just that he's a transitional player from more of a defensive end, rush linebacker role to a traditional stacked linebacker. There's some, for some reason, there's so many UTSA guys this year, which is so weird to say. And I think that they have, no, actually, no, most of those guys came out. And UTSA was really good this year. There's Mm -hmm. a, a pretty good crop of those Texas San Antonio kids. Well, now there is. I mean, I mentioned Clarence Hicks. Obviously, one of the biggest risers in the cornerback group is Tariq Woolen, the six foot four plus corner that was down in the Senior Bowl. Mm-hmm. You have Spencer Burford, who was also at the Senior Bowl, the offensive mm-hmm. tackle, offensive guard. They have a running back, Sincere McCormick, who declared early. So they rode. Yeah, I, a lot. I forgot that he came out. That was who I was thinking. Did he go back or not? But I do recall that he came out. Well, probably their best player actually did go back to school, though, Rashad Wisdom, and we had on the show before the safety. I think he's a really talented football player. I think he might end up being the best prospect of all the guys we mentioned, but UTSA certainly had a really notable 2021 season, and they're riding the momentum. I mean, how often do you see a running back out of UTSA declare early? Like, he's riding the momentum, and he was a combine invite. So, yeah, UTSA has a surprising amount of talent, which is not a typical thing at all for them. It's kind of like this year's Tulsa might be yeah. a good good parallel for that. Um, speaking of a guy that's a bit overhyped, getting a little bit too much attention right now, Ryan, you decided to go with Quay Walker from Georgia. We're going to talk about the other Georgia linebacker and some of my qualms with him as a prospect. But Quay Walker, I, I think, has been brought up heavily as like a top 50 prospect. You're not on board with that. What, what's, what's the reasoning for that? This was a tough one to pick, man. You mentioned Christian Harris in the in the front of the show. I think there's a couple of these super athletic linebackers that are just getting very overhyped. The Brandon Smiths of the world from Penn State. I ended up st- settling on Quay Walker because I've seen, I've seen people talk about him in the first round conversation or at least very early second round conversation. And this is just like... NFL teams make mistakes all the time. Scouts make mistakes all the time. We just did this one last year, though. John Davis was just a mistake last year in the top 20 to the Was- now the Washington Commanders, the Washington football team at the time. It's like the same parallels. He's incredibly long, 6'3", 6'4", vines for arms, 240-plus pounds, looks like – I mean, he's one of the – first guy off the bus type of dudes. Like that's one that you want the opposing teams to see first. And he's an explosive athlete. Like there's no doubt. And there is upside to a player like there is a Quay Walker. And there was a player of a Jamin Davis, but the film is not nearly first round caliber. And on the second level as a linebacker, I have this debate all the time because I mean, I played linebacker Joe, so I'm a really harsh grader when it comes to linebackers. Eye discipline and diagnostic skills are so important on the second level. I, I mean, someone asked me, would you rather have a 4.65 guy with great eyes or a 4.45 guy with bad eyes? And it's good eyes all the time, man, because it doesn't matter. We have seen this mistake over and over again. John Davis, Gerard Davis, when he came out of, out of Florida a few years ago, these linebackers that run around aimlessly, it doesn't do anything, man. It is, it is activity without accomplishment it's not anything that you can really tangibly say helped your team so i'm a big proponent of instincts on the second level of defense that's why i was a big nick bolton guy last year even though people talked about him not being the greatest athlete of all time but he's got great eyes he's always going to be in the right spot and that's what i care about so quay walker developmental guy day two 
I can get around that. But now that we're talking about him potentially being a top 50 selection, maybe a first round pick, I'm out of Quay Walker because I I just I think it's John and Davis all over again. Yeah, I don't know what the circumstances and why so many people overlook that ability to make decisions at the linebacker position. It seems like when we're talking about defensive prospects, everybody gets so excited when they see a good athlete or somebody that's tall and long. But like you're talking about, you're that close to the line of scrimmage. You're not a defensive lineman where you're kind of just shoving your head in there if you're an interior guy. Edge rushers have you know, their own requirements for awareness and what they have to do. But you're that close to the, the line of scrimmage. You need to be able to react quickly. If you make a wrong decision, you're going the wrong way. You just open up a hole. It's not like you make a wrong decision, you, you can recover in a certain amount of time. If you completely misread a play, you just opened up potentially for like a 20-yard rushing play, if not longer. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, we see it all the time, man. Even I remember everyone fell in love with Devin Bush coming out of Michigan a few years ago. Devin Bush has been bad for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. Like he just hasn't been good. And it's the same thing, man. Overvaluing athletes on the second level. Of course, you want good athletes. You want Luke Keekley, who's a four five something athlete at 240 pounds and has great eyes, but you can't sacrifice the great eyes. Like that is the consistent thing. Everyone talks about like, oh, these athletic off-ball linebackers nowadays, right? Darius Leonard is probably the best space linebacker in the NFL. He ran a 4-7 flat. Like, he's not the dude that's running 4-4 something and just blowing up the combine. I need great eyes along with the athleticism. If you don't have good eyes, you can't play on the second level. That's just point blank to it, man. It's point blank. All right, let's get into some guys that we hope might have good eyes in your top five linebackers. First up, Damone Clark from LSU. What drew you to Damone Clark that he made this this top five? Yeah, yeah, him at five was Damone Clark for me. And I, well, maybe, maybe I'll start here. Damone Clark is not going to be the fifth linebacker off the board anymore, Joe, because he has he had a medical recheck where now he has to get uh, a I think it's a neck surgery, man, or a back surgery, something like that. It's it's like a congenital like type of thing though, so it's it's a pretty severe thing that he has to get it's like a it's like a spinal fusion similar i think to what justin ross had if i remember correctly so it is a big deal obviously so he's not going to be the fifth linebacker off the board most likely but i will say i he's another guy that like 2020 very hit or miss on a man like i saw the athlete on the second level he's 6'3 he's 245 he can run that's awesome i thought the eye discipline and the diagnostic skills took a huge step forward in 2021 for LSU. And I thought he just seemed to always be in the right space, uh, right, right place at the right time in this past season. He was always a good athlete. He always had a good body. He always had projectability, but I really thought he took his game to the next level in 2021. And I mean, phenomenal season for LSU. So hopefully he gets back healthy. Hopefully he gets back quick because I think that he was a day two player based upon his film in 2021. I really thought that he showed out and had a really great season for LSU. Yeah, tough to stand out for the LSU program that was really struggling last year uh, because they just they were terrible across the board. But you know, props to him for for being a, a top quality linebacker prospect in this class. Now, your number four guy, Chad Mama from Wyoming, is somebody who I feel like didn't really get a ton of recognition coming out of the season. He goes to the Senior Bowl and then starts to to really build up some hype. And, and I feel like a lot of people are asking questions about him. Why, why were you laughing, though? I'm curious. <laughs> Did I say his name wrong? Is that what it was? How's his name pronounced? 
It's Muma, isn't it? Yeah, it's Muma. <laughs> Mama, I don't. I hate these guys that have really easy to pronounce names, and then they pronounce it a weird way. Who's who's your mom? Who's your mama? Why would it be pronounced Muma? Why I, would it be pronounced Muma? I, 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 I didn't. I didn't tell us. <laughs> I, I didn't make up the name, man. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I didn't make it up. Get him on the show so we can ask him. <laughs> uh, but why do you? Why do you like Muma though? Why I'm is he sorry. number four? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to laugh at you. I'm sorry. For people I'm that very offended. <laughs> for people that are listening just the podcast, they're like, what is wrong with these people right now? I can't like yeah. yeah I so think anyway. people ask that regardless. True. Yeah, I mean, check our reviews. Um Chad Moom, actually, reviews good reviews good. minus the reviews one are... occasional person who's like, I don't like how arrogant they are. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we actually do have good reviews. We have a we have a good yeah. fan base, so I appreciate everybody out there. Uh Chad Muma, another guy, 6'3, 240 plus. He can run for days, man. He was from a small school, um, coming out of high school and was kind of under-recruited to a degree because of that. And he's grown into his body, obviously. And I think he's another guy that has Really solid eyes on the second level, and the kid can run, man. Like sideline to sideline type of type of dude. He's a player, Joe, that I think can definitely play Mike. I think he can play Sam in a in a uh, base front. And I also think that maybe he could play a little bit of Will because he has mm. upside to work in space and to kind of close the gap working in pursuit. So I think Chad Moom is one of the bigger risers in this year's class. I would be very surprised if he got out of the top sixty four at this point. I think he's a second round second rounder for sure. Really good film. Navigate space well. A better prospect, in my opinion, than Logan Wilson when he came out of just, Wyoming a couple years ago. I was just about to ask that. So you think that he is further along? Because Logan Wilson was really talked up, especially come that final weekend, and people were saying that Wilson was going to be drafted early day two, ends up going on day two to the Bengals, has yep. had a really nice career so far and was a big reason why they were so good because he was a nice piece on that defense. But you think that, that Muma's better? I do. I think he's a better prospect. I think Logan had a little better feel in coverage. So, I mean, that's really translated to the next level. I think he had four interceptions for the Bengals this year. So he was a really nice player in coverage. I think he had like 90-something tackles. So he was a good player, obviously, for the Bengals. But I really just see more of an all-around package with a guy like Muma. And I I think Muma is also longer and a bit more – I think – I think the straight line speed is probably similar, but I think he has a little more range just because he has a little bit of wi- wider strides, a little bigger, bigger of a tackle radius. So yeah, I do prefer him a little bit to Logan Wilson. Obviously, Logan Wilson is turned into a good football player at the next level, but I think Muma just has higher upside than than Logan Wilson. On to number three, a popular name in this class, Nakobe Dean out of Georgia. So here's here's my thing with Nakobe Dean. Um I, and most people that listen to the show know that I don't watch a lot of prospect tape that is changing for next cycle. That's just a little teaser for what to expect. But I have indirectly watched uh, a little bit of, of N'Kobe Dean. And everyone hypes this guy up as kind of like what Devin Bush was, I feel like. You know, people try to – not not so much, but people try to act like he's this small, speedy – Devin Bush is, is an over-exaggeration. But people try to act That's like he's this fair. small – Okay, I, I was I was like merely just, I was I was merely shaking ahead. my head because okay. you're you're right that it's just kind of yes. improper, right? Yeah, comparison. But people people keep talking like he's this small, really really fast, shifty linebacker that's hard to track down, but I, I see on tape a really stocky little linebacker that's not that fast. He's quick. He changes direction de- decently well, but he's really not that fast. He lacks the length, and he's going in the opposite direction of what teams are working towards, which is guys that have that length, 
have more athleticism, can cover more ground. And I just, I don't see it. Like I see somebody who doesn't really have what you're looking for. And I think that someone that small who also didn't test. So we don't really know what his numbers are. I don't know how that's going to succeed as a first round pick. Why didn't he test also? He wasn't injured or anything. I, right? I bet that his, his 40 time was probably, I bet that he had maybe an intention to, but he yeah. was running in like the four sixes. And then everyone realized, and they saw what happened to Kyle Hamilton, where some people were geeking out over it, that they, because yeah. re- if he ran a four, six, that's immediately way slower than everyone's talked him up to be. Everyone's made him seem like he's a four, four guy. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. I mean, he might even be slower than that, man. He might be like a four seven something kid, which yeah. I mean, so like here's the positives to Nicobe Dean and why he's on this list. I think he has incredible instincts. He's always right. in the right spot. Those are the things that you immediately look at and you're like, yeah, he doesn't miss too many tackles despite him having a smaller tackle radius. He is a very aggressive hitter. He'll bring his pads behind him. There's no doubt about it. And I think that he is, and you mentioned this, I think he's flexible. I think he changes direction well. I think he does those things. But like you said, there is an absence of length. There is an absence of, of speed to a degree. I think his speed is sufficient. I don't think it's plus at all. And I just I started I talked to Joe before the for the show, and I would love feedback on this. So if you want to comment on the link below, you want to put a review on Apple Podcasts, I would just love to hear the feedback from the listeners out there. I saw a lot of people push back against Nick Bolton last last draft cycle. Push back heavy on him. And I love Nick Bolton. Anybody that follows me knows that I was a huge Nick Bolton fan. I had like a late one, early two on him. Like I was huge on Nick Bolton. And I've seen the same people turn on Nick Bolton, but now love Nicobe Dean. And I think they're very similar players. Very similar. And I like Nicobe Dean. I would draft him in the I would draft him day two. I would draft him in the second round. I'd be fine with it because I do think that he's going to play good good level football on the next level. But my question seriously is. Why would you not like Nick Bolton, but you love N'Kobe Dean? They're very similar doesn't, players. Doesn't add up. Like they, they both lack length. They both have solid straight line speed. I didn't think that Nick Bolton might be a little straight line more fast than than N'Kobe Dean is. N'Kobe Dean's a little more cat quick than Nick Bolton, so it's not a perfect comparison. But why are I just don't understand what makes one much more appealing than the other? So I just think it's a little bit of an inconsistency in that sense. But I do like Nicobe for what he is. I think he's going to be an undersized Will linebacker who has really good processing, really good instincts, and he just has some knack for making plays. And sometimes that stuff is not quantifiable. Like you can quantify a 40 and do all that type of thing. And there is a, at a point where like if you are not a good enough at, like if you are a low-level athlete, it's debilitating and you can't make plays on the NFL level. But I think he's solid enough across the board that his instincts will allow him to make plays. So I have been kind of up and down with Nicobe Dean as well, just like you have, Joe. But ultimately, I think the instincts are good enough where he can make some plays on the NFL level. I don't know. I'm a little more down than you are. I, I you just, are. I saw somebody do, uh, and I'm not going to drop their name. Um, I think this person's kind of a clown. I saw them do like a video breakdown on him. Yeah. And he was literally pulling clips and was like just showing his monitor and was like talking about like, he's so fast and all this stuff. And he's he's like, people are worried he's going to get lost in traffic, but look at him bounce off blockers. And it's like, I'm watching him like, like that's, that's really pedestrian what he's doing. Like, it's not that big of a, like you're acting like this is, this is Roquan Smith. This is not Roquan Smith. <laughs> yeah, Roquan <laughs> Smith was a freak, dude. Yeah. That guy was a freak of nature. You need to tell me who this was after the show, by the way. I need to hear. Uh, I, oh, I will. 
Uh, number two, Devin Lloyd from Utah. I feel like Devin Lloyd has been like a staple at the top of the linebacker class. Everyone has yeah. had him since the start of the cycle, midway through the cycle, end of the college football season. He's just stayed as that consistent for everybody, that first round linebacker. Some think that maybe he could go early in the in the top 15. Some, I think, more realistic people see him as like a top 25 pick. Where are you at with Devin Lloyd, who's your number two linebacker? I think he's a first rounder. Um, I would be more comfortable with him somewhere 20 to 32. So like later first round, I I would say. But I think there is some smoke about him going a little later. I, th- I think Dane Brugler, who obviously is very plugged in from the athletic, I think he had him as like a top 10 player in the class. So like... There is some love for Devin Lloyd, and the reason I like Devin a ton is 6'3", 235, long arms, length. He could play Sam, he could play Mike, and I think he could play Will because he has plus speed as well. That He's the same for me to a degree as Damone Clark this year. I thought the previous couple years, I mean <laughs> – Devin Lloyd made plays because he's just a really good athlete and has a ton of length. He has a big tackle radius, and he makes some rangy plays. I think he was a former cornerback wide receiver in high school. I think he started as corner early on in his Utah career. So he has developed into this linebacker. He wasn't just a linebacker recruit that has just kept developing. So he has some ability to play in space. And I think that his eyes really took a massive leap from 2020 to 2021. Like, I thought it was good in 2020, but I thought it was really, really good in 2021. His biggest thing is now you need to continue to get more physical. Like, he has shown the ability to work off of contact and stack and uh, you stack at the point of attack and, and shed and do all those types of things. But it still is a little inconsistent. He could still be better with his hands and his pop and his, you know, just his understanding of where to attack leverage. Like he could do a little better with that, but he's a really good athlete. He has good eyes and he has scheme versatility. I think he can play in any scheme. I think he can play multiple linebacker spots. And he even has some rush reps, Joe, where it's like, you know, Michael Parsons obviously was used a lot with the Dallas Cowboys on the edge a ton this year. And I think he had like double digit sacks. I don't think that Kobe is quite that volume of a sack error, but he's had a lot of sack production in his career because he can play on the edge a little bit and he can rush the passer. He's got some length to him and he's got some explosiveness. So he's just an all-around weapon, I think, on the next mm-hmm. level. He reminds me a lot of Keith Bullock that used to play with the Tennessee Titans back in the day, man. He was just such a good linebacker for so long and he used that length and that explosiveness to to his um, to his ability. So I'm a big fan of, of Devin Lloyd. I, I would take him firmly in the first round. This last guy you are certainly a big fan of. And the reason why I say that is I don't think anybody else has Leo Chanel out of Wisconsin as their linebacker one. And I I think that more people need to be talking about this kid uh, as a number one linebacker in this class because we were exposed to Mm -hmm. the athleticism that he has at the combine. And I think a lot of people, and the one thing that you were saying to me throughout this 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 class and this process for 2022 is that a lot of people just assume that Leo Chanel is like this big bumbling linebacker and he's not, this is a really, really good athlete. Maybe he doesn't get picked as the first linebacker off the board, but man, I I think that he's going to, he's going to do some damage at the next level. Yeah, he won't he won't get picked as the first linebacker. Like I just said, Devin Lloyd's kind of just been that guy throughout most of the cycle, and the Kobe Dean even has some steam. So I, I doubt he is the first linebacker, but I agree completely. I think you said it perfectly. 6'3", 250, just a incredibly strong guy. I mean, the 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 video of him doing 40 plus reps on the bench a couple years ago at 225 has been circulating. Like this kid is 
a player when we when I talk I've talked to him now a couple of times, and he was a player that was very under recruited. He went to a, a camp or something, and then finally got the offer from Wisconsin. I think during his junior season, so like he didn't have any scholarship offers in that point. He's an in-state Wisconsin kid. And his brother actually went to Wisconsin as well. John, who's in the draft process, even though he's two years older than him, which is pretty funny. But yeah, Leo is a guy that you have the misnomer that like this is a downhill thumper at middle linebacker. And he is. He is one of the best linebackers I've ever seen at playing the run, playing off contact, stack and shed, the ability to just remain gap disciplined and make a lot of plays at or behind the line of scrimmage. He does that stuff tremendously well. The kid's a hammer. But then you see him at the combine, and you're like, oh, this kid is 250, 453, 40-inch verts. Like, mm-hmm. uh, not a not a good athlete, Joe. Like, h- elite athlete historically. Like, let's call it what it is. This kid has elite athleticism. And then you watch the film, and I think that stuff translates, man. Like, you see him working in pursuit. You see the speed. He's the best interior gap blitzer I think I've ever evaluated too, man. Like blitzing A and B gaps. The only player that I saw against Iowa, they actually put him like up right in front of uh, Tyler Linderbaum, almost like a stand-up nose. And he just dominated Linderbaum because he's just so physical, so explosive, understands how to attack leverage. The only issue that people are going to keep going back to, and I get it, is that he doesn't have a ton of experience in coverage because they would just blitz him a ton because the dude's a hammer. And I get it. But like you can't tell me that four five three with the movement skills he has, with with the big with the size that he has, with the explosiveness that he has, can't get to be a solid player in pass coverage. You can't tell me that. You can't. He's not a bumbling guy, like you said. He's not a a a limiting athlete. Like the kid can absolutely move, and the kid has size. So I believe that Leo Chanel has upside in pass coverage. I think he's going to be a dynamic blitzer. I think he's going to be a dynamic run defender. I'm all in on him. He's a top 20 player in this class for me. He will not get drafted there, but I'm telling you right now, this kid is going to be a starting linebacker on the next level. He's going to be the best linebacker on a team very shortly. Going to be perennial 100-plus tackles, perennial 10-plus tackles for loss. This kid is going to be a potential pro bowler, in my opinion. I, I think that highly of Leo Chanel. Folks, there you have it. Ryan's linebacker one, Leo Chanel. Thank you for tuning in, as always. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to stay up to date because we've got a few more position groups to For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.